Welcome to the BAMCAM with Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we explore how life and financial well-being are intertwined. We'll look into areas concerning motivation and attitude, financial planning, investing, and much more. Our goal is to empower you with the information and resources you need to help manage your money and strive towards the life you've always wanted. So sit back, relax, and join us on this journey of uncovering your true self and achieving financial independence. Hello and welcome to the BAM Cam Podcast with your hosts, Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi guys, how are you? Good, how are you? Very well, thank you. Good, it's good to see you guys. Now, what do we have in store for today? Today, we're going to talk about some financial resolutions that you might make looking into the new year. Absolutely. You know, so many people talking about New Year's resolutions things of that nature, we're going to orient or give uh, plant some ideas that people might want to think about uh, as they might be looking to get their new year off to a good start. Yeah. Yeah. So we've just created a list of um, some possible resolutions for people. And the first one that we thought was create a budget to track and manage your expenses. You know, in previous episodes, we've talked here on the podcast about spending wisely, managing things. And, you know, most people have listened to the podcast, but probably not actually sat down and looked at creating a budget. And that's, now's a good time. Yeah. To, to sit it's there. kind of like starting the year fresh. You also are going to be soon kind of gathering information for taxes mm -hmm. and, and your tax preparation here in the spring. So it's a good time to look at where your spending is and yeah. how you're doing. And are there things that you can cut out? Are there things that you can improve yeah. on? Can you manage your spending more wisely? When, when you say cut things out, one of the first things that pops to my mind is subscriptions. There's subscriptions for so many things these days. Well, you they need to be reviewed periodically mm -hmm. to yeah. just make sure that you are continuing to use those subscriptions yeah. and, and getting your money's worth. And so yeah. if you have subscriptions you're being billed for and you haven't used that service in quite a while, then you need to look at, at getting out of that subscription. Yep. So. Yeah. And and maybe you want to add a financial planning subscription in its place. Which we can do that. Which we can we can help you with. Yeah. So um, you know, one thing, Allison, managing a, managing a budget used to be such a foreign concept for you. Oh yeah, it was very hard in my younger days. Before you got I, married. Yeah, I was I was an overspender and didn't give a single thought to where my money went. Didn't know any trends about where my money was going. And it just created a lot of financial stress. Correct. But a you lot watch of stress your, for me. But y'all, you and Adrian do watch your spending now. And I, I can't remember. It was just in the last two days that something came up and you and and you and Adrian asked you and said, where do we stand on our spending for the month? Yep. And okay. and that happens pretty often. And for example, we're we're um doing something this evening and I wanted to go to a nice restaurant in town. Thought it'd be fun to have a little date night with with Laura, of course. And Adrian, when we were talking about it this morning, said, "Well, can we afford to go there tonight?" 
Okay. And, and based on your spending, yeah. based on your yeah. spending for the month. Yes, based on our spending for the month. But he also knows that our spending for the month is a little out of whack because we've been buying more Christmas gifts for people. So our spending is a little crazier this month. Okay. But we're both aware of that. Was that a stressful thing for him to ask you that question? I don't think so because our communication is really good okay. around money. Okay. So that's that's a, a good thing. Yeah. And both of you are on the same page yes. from, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's important. And, yeah. And if, you know, managing a budget and expenses might be a first step of that might be making sure that that if you're in a in a relationship, either a marriage or or, or domestic partnership or or something of that nature, that you're both on the same page yes. on spending yes. and goals. So that's an important thing. Okay. So number one is maybe maybe developing a budget and working off of a budget and managing and tracking your expenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a good resolution. Yeah. So a second resolution that we thought about was building or starting an emergency fund. Right. Well, because life happens. Correct. And I, every it, household <laughs> should have an emergency fund. Yeah. Data actually shows, you know, from studies around the country that more than half the households in the United States have zero emergency fund set aside. Oh, what do you do when your car breaks down? It's a problem. That would be a problem. And and what happens in the United States more often than not is that that goes on a credit card with a very high interest rate, and then it's you paid pay the minimum and time, you... and and it creates digging a big financial hole. Yeah. So, depending on you know your circumstances, you should set a goal and have um, a a, a minimum, probably a minimum $1,000 in an emergency fund. And depending on your household, if your income is, is substantial or whatever, maybe that, that emergency fund is $10,000 or or $20,000 depending on your household. But at a minimum, a household should have at least a thousand. Yeah. It was not that long ago. My car was in the shop for quite a while. Quite a while. It was like a six right. week stay in the shop, but my bill was like twenty five hundred dollars. Right. And we had an emergency fund that we had accumulated. Right. And that's where that money came from. And that was helpful so, to have. And even though that was at least it's, a little bit stressful, but yeah. you it it was not something that you lost sleep over. Correct. And and a lot of households in this country would lose sleep over that. Yeah. So I'm not ever saying it's fun to have it. $2,500 car repair bill, but no, of course but not. To, to be prepared for it. Is... But you also drive a car that's fully paid for and you don't have car payments and, yes. and things of that nature. You're driving a, a car that's several years old mm-hmm. and, and it's a good car. Yeah. So I need it to get, get me a few more years out of it though. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. Good. So another thing that, that people might want to be doing is, is not only having a, a an emergency fund, but maybe having savings and investments so that you can be investing to grow and build wealth mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. So investing is something that sounds really scary, but it really is such a powerful tool to potentially build wealth. 
And you really need time to be your best friend when you're investing. It, it, the, the art to investing is time and discipline. Mm -hmm. So if you could be, if you have an investment account and that you are investing in, maybe you can be contributing on a monthly basis to it or on a, a per pay period investment. And I'm not talking about your retirement account. I'm talking about another, so what they call non-qualified yeah. um, investment account so that you are investing in, in that account over time and letting that wealth build. Mm -hmm. And it can, it can start small, but you, over time, you can build something very substantial. Yeah. And the reason that it can build over time is because of this thing called compounding, Correct. which a lot of people probably don't understand, but it was taught when we were in school. And I know I taught it as a math teacher, but the idea that your investments generate a return and then you earn interest on those returns. Or it might be dividends. Dividends, yes. Of, if, mm -hmm. if it's from stock investing, capital gains, things of that nature. But you reinvest that. You don't sweep those off and spend no, it. No, yeah. You, so keep, you them, let them, keep them invested. Uh, reinvest so that you're not only do your initial assets that you invest in grow over time, but the earnings off of that, both mm -hmm. dividends, interest, capital gains are reinvested and those grow over time. And it does grow more exponentially that way, Yeah, uh, which is a, a good way to do. But again, time and discipline. And then also there's an art to your asset allocation. Yeah. From that perspective. And that's where a good financial advisor can help you by doing that. But if you have a goal for establishing an investment account, that's something mm -hmm. that that we can help you with as well. Yeah. We also, this time of year is a good time to really take a look at your retirement accounts. Most people have a retirement account through their employer, mm -hmm. most commonly a 401k yeah. type savings uh, plan that the employer contributes to in addition to the employee. Often the employer is contributing what's called a match contribution, but sometimes they're making an also a another additional contribution that might be a profit sharing contribution or, or things of that yeah. nature that can be going into the plan. And you want to make sure that you are contributing at least the amount to maximize the benefit that the employer will put in. Yeah. So for example, if the employer will match 50 cents on the dollar up to 6% and you're only contributing 3%, you're leaving Not, money on the yeah. table. So you want to contribute the minimum, at least the minimum to, to get, get the maximum match. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, so that you can do that. And Often, when people enroll in a plan, when they are hired, mm -hmm. they set a contribution level and they never change it again. And you may get merit raises or promotions or things of that nature where your income goes up over time, but you never increase that percentage. You might want to consider every time you get a raise to put part of that raise into an increased contribution into the plan. Yeah. So if you get a raise, let's say you get a, you're fortunate enough to get a 10% raise, that'd be mm -hmm. a nice raise. You might want to say, okay, I'm going to take my asset, my uh, investment into the retirement plan from 6% to 7%. Yeah. So you're getting 
you're still keeping most of that raise, mm -hmm. but you're putting a little bit more into this into the savings plan. And it's a good thing to do. Another thing with your retirement account that people often never look at after they do their initial enrollment is how it's invested. Yeah. And quite frankly, when when I've met with clients over the years and talked to them about their investment allocations and in their savings plan, I'll ask them, how did you come to pick these investments? <laughs> and they probably don't even have most a good... don't remember. Yeah. But but actually what most people do, I believe, is they look at the investment choices, they look at what the returns for those investment choices were in the previous year, and they pick the one with the highest return from the previous year, assuming that that would repeat That will it. continue. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen. It rarely happens. Okay. So usually one asset class will perform well one year, and then it won't perform well the next, and some other asset class will. So- Statistically, if you picked the worst performing asset class from the previous year, you might have a better shot and went with that one, you would more likely than not outperform <laughs> than if you picked the best performing asset class. Yeah. Uh, That's very counterintuitive. It is. It is. But people don't have, in, in reality, what you should have is a proper asset allocation that mm -hmm. reflects your tolerance for risk. So, and this is an asset allocation between equities or stocks and fixed income or bonds for the most part. Some plans have target date funds yeah. and target date funds can be helpful, but they also can be a little confusing as well because people will also just pick a target date based on when they think they're going to retire, but it may be still more conservative or, too, or more aggressive than yeah. they want to be. So you need to look inside that fund to see what it is. And then lastly, on a employer plan is to look at the beneficiary yeah. on there. So for instance, um, you got married, what, four years ago? Five 2019. Years ago. Okay, four mm -hmm. years ago, four and a half years ago. When you get married. You have a life event. You need to you change. You have a life event and you need to Or you have the plans. opportunity to change. I guess so, you don't need to. So most people that get married probably don't think to go into their employer retirement plan and change the beneficiary. So the beneficiary might have been before you get married, it might be your parents or it might be a sibling mm -hmm. or something of that nature. And then you get married and you need to change it to your spouse, most likely. Yeah. Conversely, you get divorced. You, you want to probably mm -hmm. take the spouse off and go back and and change that beneficiary. Uh, reviewing your beneficiary designation in your employer plans is a good thing to do on an annual basis, yeah. just to double check and make sure. Anyway, you need it's a good time to take a look and review your plan. Yeah. From that perspective. Mm -hmm. So the next goal is to reduce debt. And that's most households have more debt than they would like. Studies show yeah. that people, this is probably one of the biggest areas of stress that people lose sleep over and how to manage um, paying debt. Quite often it's credit cards, but it's also can be student loan debt. Mm -hmm. And then of course, coupled with maybe car, car loans, loans and then mortgage 
debt. Mm-hmm. And people don't know where to really turn on best how to manage that. So let's say you have um, a car loan and two credit cards and you're concerned about that. How would you go about recommending straighten to to aggressively tackle reducing that debt? Well, I, I would first determine how much I can afford to pay towards debt each month. Okay. So if it's $1,000, that's what I'm going to pay. I would look at my debts. I would list them by amount, smallest to greatest. Okay. And I would tackle the smallest one first. So I would pay on the, if I had two or three debts, two credit cards and a car loan, mm-hmm. I would pay the minimum on the two highest amounts. And then I'd apply the rest of that $1,000 that I could afford towards that smaller debt. So you're going to get that smallest debt off the books as soon as possible. Yes. That's a great strategy. And then once that one's off the books, I'm still paying $1,000 towards my debts every month, but I'm going to. Then you tackle the next next smallest smallest. Mm -hmm. and you do that. So hopefully over the course of 2024, you might go from three um, pieces of debt that you Mm -hmm. have to one yeah, and consolidate. And by then you're paying all $1,000 on that. So you're really whittling away on, on that. Yeah, That's called the debt snowball. It's mm-hmm. not my idea. The first time I ever heard of that, it was through Dave Ramsey and it's financial, his financial peace university. Yeah. Uh, which I taught at my church a number of years ago. Um, but, but that's what we used in our own household when, you know, Adrian was paying student loans and, we were trying to reduce our debt before we got married and and we just aggressively worked towards some of those things. But the key is to set a, a budget mm-hmm. on how much can go towards debt reduction. Yep. And then you when you do that, then you end up setting the priority and how it go. And it yeah. helps you to get a sense of accomplishment when mm-hmm. one of those comes off. Yes. You feel like that's that's a sense of accomplishment. That's a win. Yes. So now you only have two left. So mm-hmm. so that's a, a good way to, to go. Okay. Yeah. So what's the next potential resolution? Set realistic savings goals for your short-term objectives and long-term objectives. Okay. So we've talked about the money date on here and right. how we think that that's such a great um, tool for couples to get on the same page. Mm-hmm financially in kind of a fun way. So it's kind of looking at these, you know, not looking at retirement as a, which is a very much a long-term mm-hmm. goal, but looking at more interim goals. So it might be, we, you know, like kind of a short-term interim goal might be, we have a car that has a hundred thousand miles on it. We know it has a, mm-hmm. you know, reaching towards the end of its useful life cycle. So we know in the next year or two, we want to be in the market for a car. So it may be setting a savings goal to position yourself to be able to, to get a, a newer mm-hmm. car, maybe not a new car, but a newer New car. to you is always good Correct. too. That's true. But a but to do, say, a vehicle replacement, it could also be, you know, we know another interim type goal might be. We know our washer and dryer are going to have to be replaced in the next year or two. So it could be something of that. Or I've got a great example. We want to redo our bathroom. Correct. And and 
we're we're trying to kind of figure out we're still waiting on a quote to come back from the contractor but we kind of have a ballpark idea of how much it might be and and we're trying to work through that in our household how will we finance this this big goal that will really make us very happy right it will make our bathroom a, a place that we want to spend more time in right okay and then, and then another kind of interim type goal might be to either for some people that aren't homeowners to buy a house, mm-hmm. uh, to how do you position yourself to be able to buy a house and, or how do you upgrade to a new house yeah. from, from a smaller house to a bigger house as your family expands. So those are the types of, uh, interim goals. And so having a, a resolution to have a plan to attack that is is another good thing yeah. potentially to think about. And you just have to be realistic about it. You can't say, oh, I'm going to save a million dollars this year to put towards all of my things that I want to do because that's just not realistic for no, most people. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, another idea is to review your life insurance. Yeah. Most people don't really ever sit back and look at it and say, do I have the right amount of life insurance? Do I have the right type of life insurance? Are the beneficiaries up to date? Yeah. Am I, is, is my, is my ex-wife or ex-husband still the still beneficiary the, yeah. of my life insurance when it should, you don't be, my, want that. Yeah. It should be my children yeah. or, or, or whatever. So. And a lot of people, I think at least people I know my age might just have their Life insurance through their employer. Correct. You can still check the beneficiary. Yes. But like, you know, you have to determine, is that enough coverage? Now's a good time to review that. Okay. So speaking of insurance, property and casualty insurance, it's a mm-hmm. good time. That's another thing that you could do as you're looking at getting your financial life in order mm-hmm. is looking at your property casualty insurance. Most people, when they get car insurance or homeowner's insurance or both, Never look at it ever again. Yeah. And quite often you can shop your property and casualty insurance and make sure you're getting the best pricing, the best deal, the, and, the, and the best type of coverage. And a good property and casualty insurance agent can can help you with that. I know both you and I in 2023 have redone our property and casualty yes. insurance. Mm-hmm. And on in my household... My annual expenditure, I got better coverage and more coverage than than I had previously, more protection, and my annual costs went down about $1,500 a year. Um, We're in the same. Looking at that. We're in the same boat. We got more coverage and we're paying less money. Right. So you want to make sure that you are being properly covered. Uh, If you need umbrella coverage, that that you're doing that. If you have certain things that fall outside the scope of normal coverage, like say, um, significant amounts of jewelry or art, or art, mm-hmm. uh, that you have the proper riders on on that, so that would be you know something that you want to make sure of when you're shopping that. Yeah. So you need to also potentially look and see: Do you have the right estate documents, or do you have estate documents at all? At do you all? have yeah. you done any estate planning? If yeah. you have children. And you don't have estate planning documents. It's you need to do it. You need to do it. Yeah. You don't want the state to determine who's going to take care of your children in the event something tragic happens to you. 
Yeah. So we actually just did our estate planning in 2023. And, and it is nice to know that if something were to happen to me and Adrian, that Laura will be taken care of in our wishes. Correct. Correct. And that's, that's important to me as well. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, this is one that's one of my resolutions mm -hmm. for the new year, because it's been about 15 years yeah. since, since Barbara and I did our estate planning documents. And it was when we did our documents the last time, we still had provisions to take care of you and Riggs <laughs> in there. So, so that tells you how long yeah. ago it, it is. So we're going to sit down with, with Stuart here mm -hmm. soon and to review and update our documents this year. Yeah. So that's, that's one of my resolutions. Yeah. Now, one thing when we were doing our estate planning, I was a little concerned about was we have one child with plans to have more children down right. the road. I didn't know if I was going to have to come in and redo our estate planning with every child that we have. And that's not the case. No, because it's written where it will say all children of this yes. marriage. Yes. So, so that's kind of nice to know. Like we really don't need to update our estate documents now for many more years, unless there's like some really major life changes right. that happen. Right. So one last thing that I would like to suggest if you're um, looking at doing resolutions uh, regarding your financial wellness is that I think from the standpoint of peace and happiness in your life, mm -hmm. that financial wellness and physical wellness are connected. Yeah. I think it's awfully difficult to have peace and, and happiness if you're unhappy with yourself. If you're yeah. unhappy with the way you look, if you're unhappy with the what, what, how much you weigh, if you're unhappy that you're not physically fit. Well, and what you can do, like it, in terms of being a grandfather and keeping up with Laura, like you are in great shape. Well, I work and, at it. And you work at it. But there's a lot of people who might wish that they could keep up with their grandchildren. Correct. So I would suggest that you also not just focus only on financial wellness resolutions, but take a hard look at yourself and say, would I be better off being 20 pounds lighter and, and set a goal that, you know, maybe losing three or four pounds a quarter over the next year would be, would be good for you. Or I'm not physically active. Maybe you and your spouse can go out for a one mile walk four yeah. nights a week and, and, and do that just to do something to be moving taking you can do it with baby steps but yep. to i think that they're not um they're not mutually exclusive of one another yeah as far as being happy and satisfied in life so if you need help guidance with any of these items or thoughts or whatever we're here we to can, help we can help yeah so we would love to do that and um so eater financial wellness EaterFinancialWellness.com yeah. is our website, and and we want to help you focus on your financial wellness. So you can reach out to Allison. At Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N, at EaterFW.com. And I'm Jack at EaterFW.com. And your cell phone? 205-504-9868.
and mine is 205-613-4994. We'd like to help you on your financial journey. We would. All right, guys, that was great. Lots of uh, things to keep in mind as you're making plans for the new year. Well, thank you, Wendy. All right. All right. Thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Bandcamp Podcast with Jack Burnett and Allison Castellano from RFG Advisory. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at rfgadvisorywealth.com slash Jack Burnett or give us a call at 205-510-9072. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Information here may be provided in part by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guest nor our FG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest. They do not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory LLC. RFG Advisory or RFG. A registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC Registered Investment Advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.